episode of Alcoholic Ticks. I am your host, Terrain Myricks. I am joined, as always, by my fearless co-host, Katrina Myricks. Katrina, how are you? All right. I don't know why I got called fearless, but... I mean, take the compliment. Cool. What is... (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, weird that you're like... I feel like it's a term never used to describe me before. (laughs) Fair. Fair, fair, fair. Um, um, before we bring out our guest, how are you? How have you been? Um, what's up? Well, I, we had to stay at a Super 8 on Christmas Eve, so. That was, before we bring out our guest, we would like to talk about this. Firstly, thank you very, very much for anyone who's listening that reached out and, like, offered us a place to stay and checked in. I super appreciate that. Um, that was very, very, very kind of you. Um. We were lucky enough to be able to stay at a Super 8 that took all four <laughs> of our cats. Um, because that's uh, that's not easy to do, but Danville, they let you do it. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're home. There was no flood. We didn't. Uh, it turns out there was no. They didn't give you the mandatory evac. They just told you, you probably should get out of here. And then we got out of here because that was the smart thing to do. Um, and then it turned out we didn't have to do it. So that's annoying. Merry Christmas. Hey. Uh, but, you know, we made it. And we're, we're, we're all safe and sound, tucked away in our home again. Um, and, uh, you know, I celebrated by having two bottles of wine. Well, one and a half bottles of wine on Christmas. And now I'm on vodka sprites because that's just that's just how you behave after a, a shitty day like that. Um. We are joined this week by um awesome guest who's I, I actually forgot that I wanted to ask him if he wanted me to say this thing specifically. If not, okay, good. It, look, we're on Zoom. He can give me the okay. Um, uh, he is the host of a uh, I guess Bachelorette Talkback podcast <laughs> called Trust the Pod. Um, he is uh, my good friend and. Uh, Chester A. Arthur in my group chat, ladies and gentlemen, Polly Beans. Polly Beans, how you be? I I can't get over the Chester Allen Arthur thing. That is just the best thing of all time. <laughs> I was wondering, <laughs> and I wanted to bring this up here. Why did you choose Chester Arthur? One word: mutton chops. <laughs> mutton chops is a the, is a reasonable reason. <laughs> the handlebar mustache. Mm. Into the mutton chop. Gotcha. Is just is it's a fashion thing that I think needs to come back. Has gotcha. to come back. Uh, one, yes, I agree. Two, it is fascinating. I don't know if I went over this um, for uh, on the podcast about the group chat, but I know I said it to the the members of the group chat. Everyone chose. I think everyone besides me? Question mark. No, I don't even know if I have one. I don't remember. But everyone chose a president that had like either a real or fake middle initial (laughs) like everyone did there was james k polk there was ulysses s grant there was um um franklin delano rose d rose uh, roosevelt i like it is wild that everyone decided to pick one with a middle initial (laughs) like that was wild i know that there's one that i'm missing and that person whoever whomever it is is gonna be real pissed that i'm missing them (laughs) and if so i'm really sorry i've had some drinks so that was my bad um, but no, I think I said everybody else. Um, I will say this too about Arthur. Every picture of him I see, he's never wearing a tie, which mm-hmm. is completely my persona. Cause as a teacher, you know, some people wear ties. We're not required to. 
yeah. I make a point to not wear a single one all year. <laughs> Never. By so. the way, by the way, I do love that you're on the Zoom because <laughs> Mr. You're Mr. Beans on here. <laughs> Mr. Beans, I very much love. I, I saw that when you came in and I, I thought that was funny because, you know, you got to, you know. You're, this is your, but you know, whatever. Anyway. Well, I'm not about to log into Zoom just so I can, like on the website, because I have the app on my yeah. computer screen. So I'm not about to jump through 15 different holes, you know, just to Look, record. A... I get you. I get you. I get you, President. Um, I, So uh, tell us a bit about your podcast. So we are a primarily bachelorette podcast um, that delves into a whole litany of topics uh after that um you know we've had a, a pretty interesting season of the bachelorette um which you know gives us a lot to talk about two bachelorettes which was you know sort of mind-blowing stuff um, claire and, and Tasha. i've never watched the fucking show <laughs> i've never watched one moment of the show no both bachelorettes names <laughs> The, uh, that's, that's one of the uh, side effects of the group chat. It is, uh, you know, it, it really is not a bug. It is definitely, you know, I think it's um, like Tuesday or Wednesday nights or both. Actually, Tuesdays. I have to, I have to put the, put the chat on mute because I'm like, they're just going to keep talking about this. And I, I just do not care. <laughs> It, well, in fairness to you, we did all, we did create, uh, you know, me, uh, Rob, and uh, um, Arista did create a purely bachelorette group chat Thank out of God. respect but, to the. But okay, when are you going to start using it? <laughs> I mean, we did. We wait, did last week. We I, last I don't. Week. Be, I don't believe you. <laughs> you can't use both and say that you. Uh, we used the one. You can't. Well, in fairness, in fairness, Rob forgot. So, <laughs> fucking Rob. <laughs> I will push all blame onto him if I have to. Yep. Yep. I mean, look, I get it. Rob's a, Rob's a real dick. He's gonna he's gonna mess look, this up. Cut him some slack, all right? He doesn't know how to handle a winning Brown season, so That's please true. cut him some slack. He's going he's going ham now because <laughs> because the Browns are winning. He just does not know how to behave. No, he'll, you know, he'll learn over time, but give him, give him some growing, growing room. Um, so, so you guys talk about, you guys definitely talk about the bachelorette or the bachelor or whichever mm -hmm. it's both. Um, what other things do you talk about? Um, we're big on the sports, um, but often we'll like just start riffing about certain things. Mm -hmm where like one inside joke will lead into a 20 minute conversation about some tiny political point. That's, um, not, that's not false. I remember listening to an episode where I got immensely excited because at some point we started talking, well, you all started talking about high speed rail and I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> well, we know we have a listener and <laughs> he tunes in for certain topics, other topics He's pounding the the fast forward button on on Spotify. That's hang on one. I'm an Apple Podcast guy, <laughs> and two, I don't pound the the. I here's the problem with me, I don't want to miss when it starts, so I'm like I'm someone who's gonna listen to it on a, on one and a half or two speed. Mm. <laughs> um, so so I'm dying I to hear what I hear what I what I sound like at two speed. Your jokes land amazingly at, at one and a half to two. 
It's just marvelous. But but I will. I, I, that's why I know so much about The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, and I I I, I like I know the name Bennett. There's a guy named Bennett that's there. And, oh, God, he's got stuff to say about Bennett. Jesus. I have nothing to say. Okay. <laughs> except for the fact that, you know, as soon as, you know, COVID is over and we're all vaccinated and we're back going to bars and trivia nights, you know, there might be a trivia night where we get a text that says, thank you. Thank you, good people of Trust the Pod, for giving me useless knowledge that put us over the top mm-hmm. and we were this week's trivia champions. So yeah. just when that happens. Yeah. You're you won't welcome. get that text from me, but if that happens, that'd be great for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, um, uh, Katrina, uh, what, what, if, what is, uh, let's talk about something that, that is very important to us, which is we are currently in the battle for um, uh, fantasy football uh, supremacy. <laughs> yep. Um, well, yep. He was not comfortable with one of the words I used. Oh. <laughs> 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 What uh, uh t- let's let's talk a little bit about that. Um, what is up with your team? How are you doing? How does it look like it's going for you at this moment? I'm doing great. I uh, we joined a random league on Yahoo because our normal league didn't happen due to poor planning. Yep. Um, commissioner's bad. Yep. Terrible. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and we'll say it. Yeah. Andy, you Every fucked day. this up. Screwed it up. <laughs> But uh, I'd like to say that I was given a C minus draft rating. I shouldn't have fucking Um, reminded you of that. The draft predictor said I would do the worst in the entire league, and I ended up second. So I have a great team. Dalvin Cook, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, Russ Wilson, kicking ass. Are you starting Russ this week? No, I switched to Aaron Rodgers, who I also drafted. So... Suck on that. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. Wow. Yeah. And uh, as of right now, I'm predicted to win. I got like a 60% win chance against Terrain. So yeah. feeling good. And let's be clear. That's because uh, I decided to be an idiot and go by trends. And um, Marvin Jones was trending upward. Uh, so I'm like, hey, let's get him in this starting lineup instead of the potentially injured Keenan Allen. And then Matt Stafford got hurt in the first quarter <laughs> on the second drive. Yeah. I'm really fucked. Now. I would like to to point out that I think we've been doing fantasy together for about seven years, maybe. <laughs> and if I win, this will be the third championship I've taken. So yep. pretty be my, stoked. It'll be my second. Yeah. Yeah. You The first time you ever won was last year, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Yeah. I won like the first two Fuck years you. we ever played. Fuck you. I will 100 And it's so, it's so great walk, because... I will walk right now if we keep doing this. I just draft a team, and they're amazing. I don't pick anybody up. I don't make any trades. I just draft a quality team. Whereas Terrain has to make move after move, has week to. after week. Like, that makes me bad. His it's... team has, like, half of the players he drafted on it. Saquon Barkley got hurt immediately. How's this my fault? That makes me draft better. better, man. I mean, draft better, like seriously. Let's get into what we're gonna fucking talk about. <laughs> because again, like this, I feel personally attacked here. <laughs> like, like, what is this? What is this? Like, isn't it better that I have the ability to, uh, to, 
uh, adapt to the team that I have and like make it better and put myself in contention every year. I like, don't know. That... I think it's better to not have to adapt. Okay. Well, you know what? <laughs> if if I if yes, it's my fault that I drafted Saquon Barkley third <laughs> overall and then he got hurt immediately. Yeah. It is my fault. I did. <laughs> hey, I drafted seventh overall and picked up the best running back in the league. Because... So, <clears throat> Dalvin Cook, baby. I mean, I, I took Zeke third overall in my league, so. Yeah, okay. Okay. That's, and was that a fan pick? Like, was that like, I, because here's the thing. I think Zeke is amazing. I think he's, I think sometimes he can play as the best player in the league. Uh, sorry, best running back in the league. However, I also try to recognize when I'm about to make a fan pick. <laughs> when I'm like, when I'm like, ooh, am I just picking up Amari Cooper? Because I like the Cowboys. <laughs> I, I mean, I think it was a really good pick until Dak got hurt and yeah. then it was a not so good pick. So, yeah. you know, I figured him and cook were kind of equal going into the season. So I'm like, I might as well pick the dude that I'm going to root for every single week anyways. Fair. You know, so, yeah. but obviously I didn't see the Dak injury coming along. So and I think, I think Zeke six, I think Zeke's season is, uh, you know, insanely different if Dak is there. Yeah. I did get very lucky with the, the insane amount of injuries this year. I avoided all of them. Yeah. So yeah, I, was, I don't know why you haven't walked down the street to buy a few lottery tickets yet. I mean, that's we, we have really actually, she actually go ahead and tell him what you scratched off. You know, today, it's, it's you holiday season. So we got, we got some tickets uh, with cards and I think well, the first time we won a, a free ticket and then we won like $4 on another ticket, $5 on another one. We just went and bought, nine dollars worth of tickets and now we've got 25 bucks that we're gonna turn into some more scratchers and see if we can keep going up mm. <laughs> we're playing with house money yeah so. yeah <laughs> we, we haven't put a dime into this we're playing with house money and you know what you've won already because you've benefited older pennsylvanians that's right true that's true. right and that's what this is all for <laughs> and <laughs> that's why this podcast is going to start its own Patreon and all of the proceeds are going to go to older Pennsylvanians in the form of you give us money and we will buy more lottery tickets. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a great time. Um, uh, we wanted to have Polly Beans on because we had a discussion, a discussion that popped up through our, um, through our group chat. And we have a lot of discussions that pop up through our group chat and, um, we don't always, you know, hash those out, um, on, uh, podcasts, which I love that we have like, literally, I mean, our podcasts can like be like, you know, we praise each other or diss each other. Like it's like rappers, right? We're just like, we're rappers putting out tracks that are just like praising other rappers or just dissing wholesale other rappers. For for little to no reason, um. But this one I thought was like an interesting uh, an interesting conversation that we were having because I can definitely see both um I can definitely see both ways that people can look at it. I just happen to look at it in in a different way than you do, um, and I think Katrina does as well. So we wanted to kind of have that have that discussion. Um. So we wanted to talk about. Uh, by the way, um, the president uh, is currently the president. Uh, Donald Trump is currently the president. He will. Be the president. Be the president for less than uh, thirty days now. Time is ticking. He's on his way the fuck out. Um, but the question that remains is: uh, Did Trumpism win out? Um, 
was there a repudiation of Trumpism in in the 2020 election or is Trumpism still around and likely to be around for um however longer however much longer uh so I wanted to have um Polly Beans on I will stop calling you that I'm just gonna call you Paul now but <laughs> but that said I love that I remembered it and remembered it by continuously repeating it over and over and over again um but but uh Paul you and I had a difference of opinion on it so I'd, I'd like you to, if you'd like to kind of go into what your thoughts were um and then you know we'll have a chat about it all right I'll try to I'll try to condense this as much as I can because the you know I, the more that I kind of think about this I think that there's you know, there's a lot to that term, yeah. you know, it, what does it mean? Um, you know, if, if we look at it from a, a more historical perspective, um, you know, we look at a, a presidential candidate in Joe Biden who got 81 million votes, most votes, you know, of all time. Um, he flipped two states that are traditional red states, you know, granted, you know, Arizona, very popular Senate candidate on the ticket could have helped him. Um, Georgia, Stacey Abrams organization down there um, absolutely helped him, which by the way, that girl's a rock star and she needs to be doing something, you know, in bigger than just organizing Georgia yeah. in, in my personal opinion. That, but, that woman is fucking killing it. And she has, hero. <laughs> she, she, I mean, she's been organizing Georgia for a while. Like she, she was the, it was someone who when, when running against Brian Kemp um, became a, became a candidate that like, honestly, if you take, if you look at the, look at the actual race came closer than most modern day uh, Democrats that are actually Democrats uh, to run for that, to run for that governorship. And mm -hmm was able to continue fighting to make sure that people had the, the ability and the capacity to vote and eventually turn Georgia blue. Huge. Yeah, she's an absolute rock star. Yeah. Um, so I guess my sort of idea here is, you know, we look at him, you know, you know Trump, he is going to be a one-term president. He's going to be our first one-term president since George H.W. Bush. And in the, you know, the 120, last 120 years, we've only had, you know, not counting ones that have decided either not to run for a second term or died in office. Mm. And we've only had four presidents be one term presidents because they lost a reelection vote. Um, you know, now the the ancillary parts of Trumpism, I don't think are dead. Um, you know, so really, I, I, the more that I think about it, this whole idea of repudiation, I, I think it's more or less the perspective. So have we removed kind of the problem? Yes. You know, the, the monkey is no longer driving the bus. We have a bus driver driving the bus. The horse is out of the hospital. The horse is out of the hospital. <laughs> what, whatever analogy you want to use. Much love to John Mulaney. Much love to John Mulaney. The horse is no longer in charge of the hospital. <laughs> um, so, so that's kind of where I think, like, you know, there was a broader coalition, um, you know, that, that was put together by a candidate that isn't exactly beloved by any real part of the parties, I would say. Yeah, um, I would agree. So, so that's where I would say there is a bit of a repudiation. Um, am I disappointed that we lost seats in the House? Absolutely. I, I think that there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, am I disappointed that I have to wait for January the third or whatever fifth i believe i think that's the date for the runoffs yep. which 
Like, By the way, you're going to be waiting after that. It's, oh, we're I probably know, not going to know on that night, similar to... I know. Yeah. And it's 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 frustrating that it came down to that as well, because I you know I would have liked to have had a majority heading into those runoffs, because um, there I think that those are things that are preventing a lot of Americans from getting aid, because... Um, our politicians like to play games. And when I say our politicians, I mean the Senate Republicans like to play games with people's lives, people's yeah. houses, people's health. Um, you know, so, you know, the, I, I think that Trumpism is is one in the same, but also co-independent, or I'm sorry, independent from conservatism, if that makes any sense. I, I think I see that. I would disagree with that specific, but I think I see what you're saying. Um, I think that there's parts that are one and the same. Yeah. And then there are parts that are kind of different. Like, I, I think that yeah. there's definitely an aspect to his, um, you know, the, the following that he commands, which is the, you know what, screw the system. I'm throwing the monkey wrench in there and just seeing what happens, um, you know, because I'm fed up with the same old, same old. But then there's the, you know, he'll scratch somebody's back, he'll scratch his back, and then we have this, you know, the, the Blue Lives Matter, the, um, you know, pro, pro-life, pro you know, all of those other policies that he champions, right. you know, under probably a different guise, but, you know, that's, that's kind of how I, I feel. And again, that's the very abridged version. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I don't think you want a five-hour podcast. I disagree, <laughs> Katrina. <laughs> I if you think if you think any podcast is going to go five hours, it's fucking this one. Um, <laughs> Katrina, what a what are your thoughts? Sorry. Sorry, our apologies. That is our Charlotte's going a little wacky. Charlotte's going ham on some boxes right now. Yeah, and I would like her to stop it and chill out. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I actually do agree with Paul that. Trumpism and conservatism are absolutely different things. Wow. Um, I d- absolutely yeah. different things? Yeah. Okay. I, I'm going to let you agree. I'm gonna let you I, I think the, the core of Trump, um, at the core of Trump is not a conservative. At the core of Trump is Trump. And he used the conservative mm-hmm. party and conservative ideals to get to where he wanted to. I don't think he has a single political conviction inside of him mm-hmm. beyond make myself and my family more money so me want money yeah me want melania me want you want stay out of prison me want no prison yeah Yeah, exactly so but i think and i think it was a mutually beneficial relationship they have the conservative party at this point has absolutely embraced trumpism um which is why like yeah he lost um but not by nearly enough and and I think the popular vote count doesn't really do the justice by how close it was, just like the states that mattered and stuff like that. Um, but if it was really a, you know, referendum on Trumpism, we wouldn't have lost seats in the House. We wouldn't have barely gained anything in the Senate. These people who embrace, like Lindsey Graham, is has fully embraced Trumpism. He's his biggest supporter. He lets him do whatever he wants. He's so like he's gone back on his word on tape on camera. He's like Lindsey just Graham like the doesn't slimiest that, person. Doesn't care that Trump mocks his dead best friend. Yeah, yeah. And and 
he won re-election. Like, there, there's not... I just don't think that the people of America really care about that. I don't think that's why Trump lost. I think Trump's attitude and his actions, that's not why he lost this election. I think the only reason he ended up losing is because COVID happened. Mm. And if COVID didn't happen with, yep. with the way the economy was, he was going to win this election hands down. Yep. So... Yep. Polly, move your goddamn phone from wherever it is. I hear it. That's the second vibration I heard. <laughs> I saw you move it the first time and laughed on laughed on screen, but then the second I was like, hey, now now don't do this. I completely I completely <laughs> forgot, but it's it's away now. No, no, it's it doesn't have to be away. I don't care. Just don't leave it on a floor on a hard surface. <laughs> Cause I remember listening to I listened to your podcast and there were numerous times where I'm like, is my phone going off? What's happening? <laughs> no, it, it needs to go away because it's sitting on a desk calendar right now, and I thought that that would be enough to gotcha. You know? Oh yeah, no, I literally I, if I'm not sure if you see my desk, I move mine like over here, and I'm sure it still makes sounds. Um, <laughs> but I was like, I'm currently using it now, so I'm like, cool. I'm able to. I mean, I'm holding it, so I'm, it's not gonna go off. Um, but. But uh, let me. I, I would. Here's where I disagreed. Um, and and respectfully, because I I 100% understand where you're like. You know, Joe Biden won this election, and like, let's be clear, Joe Biden won this election by millions of millions of votes. Right? It wasn't like. I mean, you know, Hillary Clinton won by three million. She votes won by too. three million. <laughs> Joe Biden won by double that plus. I, believe. I think. So so like we're we're you know we're not. I'm I'm not like trying to knock that because I do think that. Joe Biden, as we have pointed out, Joe Biden, not a hugely popular figure amongst any specific coalition in the Democratic Party, but was seen as the one who could defeat Trump. And which that's why he won the nomination, not necessarily because of who he was as a candidate, but who he was seen as as a candidate. Um, but I mean, if you're looking at if we're looking at, you know, the term of the, the term repudiation, we it's hard to it's hard to look at the electoral landscape and think okay we did repudiate Donald Trump when he was able to gain uh like we obviously we had we had a higher um higher election turnout according to wikipedia at this moment it's like uh, looked at as like 66.7% uh turnout which is huge huge turnout and and in my opinion i thought Big turnout would likely mean we would swamp his ass, yeah. right? We would just bury him under the votes of so many fucking people. And, and in a way that happened, but in a way that didn't happen. He had 62.9 million last time. He now earned, he now uh, was able to find like 12 million more people to to uh, pick, uh put into his coalition he was able to gain that many people right it, he found those voters so so this idea that you know the repute like like this election showed that we rejected trump wholesale is just it, it to me doesn't seem factual for the sheer fact that this man was able to find 12 ish million more people to back his to back his lunacy to back him when he has been the responsible like he's the responsible party of the death of over 300,000 Americans by his sheer inaction from on COVID-19 right mm -hmm. like he behaved terribly he threw 
super spreader events, including rallies in which he left people out in the cold. He did, he did that in my own backyard. He, he did that about two miles from my work. Yep. He told people in Erie he didn't want to come to Erie. Like, like I, I think it's it's hard because, like, I do agree that Joe Biden kicked his ass up and down, up and down this election. Jesus Christmas, cats, please stop. It's just Charlotte. <laughs> it's just Charlotte. <laughs> but like Joe Biden kicked his ass. I'm not even, I'm not even like, I'm not going to front. I'm not going to like say like it was, you know, cause it, it was a close election when you look at uh, electoral college, but it really wasn't electoral, electoral college wise. It was the same that he beat Hillary Clinton, which he called a landslide. Like, he got his ass kicked in this in this election. He got his ass kicked. Joe Biden got over fifty percent of the uh, of the people who voted. Yeah, fifty one point six ish. I don't remember the exact the exact number because I put my phone down because I'm using my hands now. But like, <laughs> but the truth of the matter is like, Donald Trump still is a draw. Donald Trump still got people to come to the polls. Donald Trump still was able to galvanize a un, either untapped or unacknowledged voter voter population of his which is aggrieved white people and was able to get them to to follow him while also while also let's like let's be honest while he was also able to turn uh, other voters and make inroads in specific communities mm-hmm. that he has on numerous occasions denigrated. Hispanic and black males. Yes. He he pulled votes from those communities and that's really crazy to think mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He he made he made gains in 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 gay men as well. He made gains with men. Men have a real problem. <laughs> like let's be clear Guys, you're fucking the sun. <laughs> but, I mean, not us. Not no, us. No, not us. Others. No, but <laughs> other dudes, fucking pick your shit up. But like, but like, I, I. That's why I find it hard to like, you know. Say, and, and 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 this this like, he isn't conservatism. I definitely I can I can agree to an extent, but he like. I think I think through throughout he kind of like has this like you know he co-opted conservatism to benefit himself which mm-hmm. is I think what we're I think what the what the end like end thing that you both are saying right like he he may not himself be like a conservative quote unquote because he co-opted conservatism to work for him so you but know, that's like the definition of conservatism too. Yes. <laughs> Whatever works best for you. Right. Like I think that's where I think that's where the problem is like conservatism, you know, there there may be this is conservatism, this isn't conservatism, but in the end, we've seen when conservatism has been used by people who are hypocritical and still trying to um, you know, have have same sex sex in hotel uh sorry in airport bathrooms or trying to get women to have abortions because you don't want them to have your love child or the you know like there 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 are a lot of conservative hypocrites which is why i'm like you know that still kind of fits with conservatism but at the same time i see where you're both saying like it's not true it's not what true quote-unquote conservatism is so so the one thing that i i guess you know, because again, I, I I do agree with you, but only like to an extent. The the How thing dare that, that you. makes you want to come on my podcast <laughs> and agree to me to an extent. Who do you think you are? <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm the worst. I'm just the worst. <laughs> um, 
I, I guess the, the thing that has me sort of hung up a little bit is, you know, we, we look at this election, there had to be a ton of split ticket voting. So, yeah. you know, we look at some of these states like Maine, for example, where Biden wins easily. Okay, or at least the, um, I'm pretty sure he won two of the, the districts. He, yeah, he didn't get, he didn't get the one, one, the one main district went to Trump, but he still won the majority of the state. Correct. Point being is how does a guy like Biden carry that state, but we, we lose, um, Sarah Gideon, you know, to, uh, in a race to, to Susan Collins, who had money raised against her before she even had an opponent. Um, it, it just begs the question of, who you know there had to be a large number of people in maine and in other parts of this country that went in the voting booth clicked the the lever or scribbled in the circle for joe biden and then still voted straight republican down the ticket Mm -hmm. you know which to me would indicate a repudiation of you know trump the guy at the top of the ticket but not a repudiation for the ideology that enabled him I, i don't think that people are really making the connection between the two i think that they're just seeing Oh, Trump, COVID, bad, you know, Republican. Oh, that's me. I'm good. You know, I don't really love looters and rioters. You know what I mean? Like, I I think that there's a lot of people that see, you know, those ideas as not connected. But Um, I I see, I, here's, here's where I, I can see where that argument would come in. But then I would say, well, what about South Carolina? Like I, I, I will say this, that, that Susan Collins in Maine is not seen as like a Trump, as a Trump senator, even though she 100% is a fucking Trump senator. Like, I I do think that she is. I think that she has continuously allowed Donald Trump to behave in a way that he seems to believe that he can do whatever he wants to do. And she just will go on in, on a, well, an interview and say, a lot of concern. I'm concerned about what he's done. I am troubled by this. I am blah, blah, blah. And we'll still do everything. But in the in the last moments before the uh, before the election she had the ability to you know not vote for amy coney barrett the way that everybody else uh, all the other republicans for the most part um besides a couple of them voted for amy coney barrett like like she she had that ability to like be able to do that and be like yeah people don't really remember that i voted for kavanaugh because i didn't vote for amy coney barrett right before the election the american people have a an a goldfish style memory (laughs) but i mean like Let's look at Iowa, right? Joni Ernst won and Trump won in that state. And Joni Ernst has been a Trump apologist, a Trump ableist uh, throughout her time as throughout her time as a senator. Lindsey Graham. Of course, she was first in line to get the uh, the COVID vaccine mm. too. After, oh, you know, after saying you shouldn't well, trust which... the doctors, she got that vaccine. But like, we're looking at that. We're looking at uh... is is Maine the only example? Of this, I feel like it is the only scenario where the you know a Republican senator won, but the state went Democrat. I, I, so I kind of think be... it's a unique situation. Like I think Susan Collins, even though she's not, is really looked at as a moderate, mm-hmm. whereas Gideon was definitely more of a liberal. So the the more the more I didn't know that. I I, I really don't think people knew too much about Gideon aside from you know. She's running honest, against Collins, really... and that's that's it. <laughs> yeah, I, I just... To be honest, I haven't really dove into like the House races that we lost either to kind of see, you know, was this something that yeah. flipped? Did they vote for Biden but vote for... Well, how much you know, of the country... Or... I feel like most of the country is so gerrymandered that it's like... It's well, very difficult for... 
well, anything like that. Unfortunately, that's what I, I truly think that that's the root cause of what enables you know kind of both sides to mm -hmm. have very radical people in congress that leads to the gridlock is you're not sending people that are there looking to compromise you're there sending people to appeal to the the you know radical wing of the base because that's how they win in their you know gerrymandered district yeah you know so you know yeah we, but we get a whole bunch of dan crenshaw's in there so oh, fuck dan crenshaw but like like let's be clear like we we as like Democrats have way like, so many like moderate to centrist mm -hmm. Democrats in Congress. Yeah, right? unless unless you're in a very liberal district, I don't think that's the case. I think most Democratic districts across the country have a more moderate Democrat in office no, because would, you agree. need to be. It, it's so an, a Democrat needs to be moderate. The conservative needs to be as hardcore conservative as they can get. Yeah. Like that's, that seems to be where the issue is, right? Where we have, we have Republicans who are like scared to be moderate Republicans because they know they have to run against the right flank, but Democrats don't truly believe that they have to run against their left flank. They believe their, their best bet to win is to stay in the moderate lane and, uh, there seemingly to me aren't enough uh like left-wing democrats that are forcing them to get out of that moderate lane and into a more left lane like i i think the pro i think what progressives argue and, and i agree because i am a progressive is that you know like it's it's kind of shitty when our side has to be like no 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 we have to be the moderates that work with the other side and the other side's like no 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 we have to be crazy on the right because if we don't we're going to fucking lose our seats and then that mud that mud muddies the 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 politics to a centrist or center right um uh, lane where the left doesn't actually get anything like that would help the country. I, I think some of it too is, you know, and, and look, I'll be honest. I I'm someone that agrees very much with the, you know, progressive principles. So I don't want it to be misconstrued that, you know, I'm very much behind a lot of what, you know, Bernie and AOC and other people have, have talked about. Yeah. Um, I think the, the way that I look at it though, and this is probably the wrong way in a very cynical way. So please yell at me if I'm being we cynical get you. here, but we go and get you if you say it. <laughs> I, the way that I look at it is it's almost like a used car salesman. Okay. We are trying to sell, oh, no. you know, basically our politics. So I look at the, there being a difference between politics and policy. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, do I agree with all of the policy of the progressives? Probably not all of it, but you know, a lot of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The politics of it though, I think it is something that we need to look at as a party. So, you know, you look at something like $15 minimum wage, which Florida of all places voted for in the last election. Mm -hmm. You know, we look at things like, you know, the COVID relief. We look at things like, um, you know, even free college or Medicare for all, absolutely. I don't know why those aren't the things that we hammer and hammer and hammer and hammer, but then we hear things, you know, that are, you know, we throw the socialist term around, which, you know, while I don't see it as a bad word and you guys don't see it as a bad word, I think there's a lot of Americans that do. I think, yeah. And it's this, my same argument with, you know, defund the police that I've had with, with you on the, the group chat is I'm for all of it why do we call it that why do we push that name yeah you know i i think that we we need to understand that we're selling something to a very dumb population and 
you know, giving our opponents catchphrases, you know, basically writing their attack ads for them is not going to help us get to where we want to be. I, I think that that's my concern. Yeah. I think that's honestly, uh, I'm, you know, I think you catch flack for that sometimes. I think that's fair, right? Like the truth of the matter is, and, and this is something that like, you know, people need to kind of come to terms with. We have to get everybody to get on our side, right? Like we have to get everybody to understand, you know, it is better it is better for the police to not have to re- like to we, we have to frame it in a way where it's like we need the police to not have to respond to all the police have are be are responding to right now because they need to actually respond to the important things that that they need to respond to that they have the expertise to deal with while we let social workers deal with this that and the other thing and you know if we kind of get this to a point where you know police are only needed for extreme emergencies then we're then everybody wins and and i i see where like i see where you know I agree with the phrase, uh, you know, abolish the police or defund the police, because truly, as a black man, I'd really like the police not to be involved in my life or anyone else's that look like that looks like me. Oh, cool. Penny's going to rub up against stuff now. Um, But but at the same time, I understand that we're like fighting a fight where we have to get, you know, I may agree with that. And a lot of black America may agree with that, but we have to convince a lot of white people who see the police as their friends to agree with that. Right. Like again, and this is Zeke, uh, like linking back to where we talk about the repudiation of Trumpism, 70 plus million people in this most recent election, which is over 10 million more than the last time voted for this fucking guy. So we have to figure out the language that, you know, can, I don't want to say entice, but like that can not scare others away into, and I hate it because truly like for real, if I'm being really for real and I'm going to be really for real right now, I don't give a fuck about your fuck. Like the language doesn't fucking matter. These are the things that need to happen. Everyone needs housing done. Everyone needs healthcare done the police need to go the fuck away and stop shooting a bunch of people they don't fucking need to shoot done i agree wholesale because i'm fucking sick of this like situation that we keep living in where people are hunted people are killed and it's usually i want to say like 9.9999 uh out of 10 it's people who are like who don't have who who are in a lower tax bracket that are just fucking they're they're fucked because of because of the because of the the uh style of of society that we have decided to live in and it's it's disgusting (laughs) but i also understand we have to fucking sell this to people we have to sell it to them because if we don't sell it to them we don't get it and it's easy to keep yelling about it and say well this is exactly what needs to happen but not actually have a plan to sell that to people so that it can happen i think you're both placing a lot of the blame on democratic messaging when the reality is the Republicans are going to spin absolutely whatever message we choose to use as whatever they want to and the media will go along with it and everyone will just believe it and it doesn't even matter. Like, tell me what the message, like, (laughs) tell me what the message is that would have been fine 
for limiting police. Like, tell me what our slogan could have been <laughs> that, the, to... that the Republicans wouldn't have turned into. They want to get rid of police officers. Yep. They want crime to go like it, I... it doesn't matter yeah. what we say. It doesn't. Think... They are going to say whatever they want to say because they have no morals and they just lie and lie and lie. And no one holds them accountable. I think that's fair because the truth of the matter is like good, good, good. No, I, I just no, I do agree because um, I saw an interesting tweet right before we we came on here that you know somebody was saying you know they posted an article that was like you know Congress has decided not to go forward with some mm-hmm. you know the, the New COVID York Times mm-hmm. and somebody was like no it's not Congress right. it's the Senate Republicans right you know so so yeah you the, know, the New York Times everybody loves to play the both sides game. They, they're playing the both sides game. You're you're 100 percent correct. And, and the, like, the New York yeah. Times called Nancy Pelosi bringing up the two thousand dollar checks for unanimous consent political theater. Said Re- Democrats going along with Trump's idea failed at this political theater. Mm-hmm. That was their headline. Yeah, and, and it's it's it literally is not like... the Republicans failing to give us this. <laughs> like no, right? It wasn't. It wasn't Republic like. I, I saw a lot of like you know uh, I saw a lot of Congress stalled in bill for coronavirus relief when it's just like I mean it's really easy to kind of forget that like Democrats passed something back in March right they passed a huge uh, coronavirus bill back in March it was like 3.3 tr- trillion dollars again in June and that, like and so much shit was in that thing that is fucking necessary like but. We, we fall into this, like, thing where where mainstream media is going to... Like, I'm, I'm so sick of this, like, there's oh, the left-wing media versus... Ver- like, th- no. Like, m- mainstream media literally is going to bend over backwards to make this a both-sides-ism fight. Mm-hmm. And it's not a both-sides-ism fight. One side's fucking doing it. Like, we have, like... Yelling about how Nancy Pelosi is going to bring up two thousand dollar, two thousand dollar payments, um, like survival checks, is it, why is that more important than talking about how Republicans are blocking two thousand uh, dollar uh, uh, survival checks? That's that's the the important again, the, thing is the policy is the the Democratic policy seems to be like you know we want to give people more money because there is a pandemic and people can't work or or you know even though people can work they still have to pay mortgage rent bills this that and the other thing and they need this money versus you know the right won't do it but the president says he right, wants and it the, now the big thing. The big thing for me, too, is I'd really love for somebody to kind of call out the political calculus of this. You know, why did they want to give uh, 600? Why are they all of a sudden after the election is over and we see kind of the result where we're at? Why do they want to be able to vote on the $600? The $600 isn't really going to help anybody. If, no. Like, except, I mean, like we did now. pay for, you know, like. In this house, actually, I very much like the six hundred dollars for the sheer fact that we had to pay a hundred and some to go to a fucking super eight. So, <laughs> because it might flood, so I'd very much like it. <laughs> the the point being though is McConnell's not a moron, and and he's bringing this up to vote because he knows he lost the presidential election. He did not retake the house, and he's got a major election he needs to win in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, two, yeah, two yeah. major, elections. you know. So, so what he's trying to do is he's trying to give Purdue and Loeffler an opportunity 
to vote for a $600 payment that's going to put that money into people's pockets right before they cast their ballots. Yep. I agree. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and nobody, nobody's calling that out mm-hmm. because if, if he really cared and all of them cared and they wanted to give us $600 a month, they would have done it back in March This shit would have been done by June. now. This shit would have been yeah. done by now. Correct. Correct. And nobody wants to call that out even though they're the ones that dra- drag their feet. He had a bill that he refused to bring to the table. I mean, and this is something Democrats should be hammering on every single day. Agreed. That the guy standing in your way of getting the money you need and protecting you from being thrown out of your home if you're renting and you don't have a job and saving your business is Mitch McConnell. Mm-hmm. And he's the guy you should be upset at. Not Tom Wolf, not you know, um, not Nancy Pelosi. Get mad at the dude that's not allowing, that's forcing you to have to make a choice. Your house or covid you know your business or covid i think but here's the thing i think that's part of and again i'm trying to link it back to the repudiation of trumpism because that's what the Mm -hmm. apparent topic was before we fucking veered off into whatever we're doing right now sorry Um, you just had an excellent podcast last week and you know i just had a lot of things i had to bring to the table i think i yeah look i think this podcast is also excellent and if you don't think that keep that shit to yourself (laughs) um but but no, I, I think that I think that uh, you know this this Donald Trump has this cult of personality, right? Like he's got this ability to uh, uh, people say that he has some sort of weird charisma or charm, which I always find puzzling because I'm like, what are you fucking talking about? But it's true; he can get all of these people to kind of go with him. But also not fault him for when, you know, shit hits the, like, he's still the president. He's still the president. While a 9-11 amount of people are dying per day from a, from a, uh, you know, a preventable, like, if, if he would have, you know, stepped up in the beginning, we wouldn't have this amount of people dying all the time from this specific, uh, even... Even when the vaccines like came to be, you, you know, he he's like, I want the credit for the fact that we have these vaccines now. But he also didn't purchase enough vaccines. And in the summer, he had the ability to and went, uh, no, like he doesn't seem to. It seems like Teflon. He doesn't seem to have any sort of ramification from these things aside from a political loss that honestly because of the way our electoral system works move move some votes around in a couple of states he would have won he could lose by five million votes and still win this election if the votes were moved around just the slightest bit so i just don't see how we have moved ourselves out of a position where you know a a trump style leader can exist if anything a smarter Trump style leader is going to take over. Yeah. There is going to be, we are going to witness a Republican primary that has multiple smarter Trump style Republicans. And there may be like, you know, those moderate Republicans like Larry Hogan or who the fuck, Charlie Baker from Massachusetts. You might see those people, but they're going to get drowned out or have to tack to the right and have to tack to a Trump style run. Or you're going to, and that's, that's 
if Trump or one of his children, one of his don't, children run. don't fucking run. I, I really think I, I mean, the pessimist in me says it absolutely has not been a repudiation of Trump, but the real test of it is going to be the next election. Mm-hmm. Because it's very possible Trump is just going to run again. And I think after four years of Biden, when there's all this time for the Republicans to prevent any progress from being made. When, quote, fundamentally nothing changes, unquote. Right. Because that's what's going to be thrown at Joe Biden. Because the Senate's going to prevent anything from happening. (laughs) Also, he said that exact phrase. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can't say that when trying, when also seemingly trying to like, he he couldn't figure out if he was the bridge candidate or if he was the the, he just seemed like the guy that's going to get it done, and that's why he won the primary, and we now have to like sit with the idea of whether that was a good idea or if it was a good idea to get someone in that would actually move the country in a more progressive fashion. But if we would have picked that person, would they have won? Because socialism attacks worked on Joe Biden. And on, even if they would have won, it's not like the Senate or the House would have changed. Exactly. So we were, we're looking at what, no matter who yeah. we had and who we ran and what happened, we would not be able to get anything done besides executive action because Mitch McConnell's still there. We didn't win the Senate. Uh, we'll see what happens fingers crossed for Georgia but even if we get those two senate seats we still are not going to get anything passed that's true because, because we we're not going to eliminate the filibuster yep. we, <laughs> so. uh, we we kind of keep forgetting like oh that's right even if we win these both Joe Manchin's still there <laughs> I mean at least we'll be able to put some judges in but that's about the best we're going to be able to hope for so well, and I, I think too the the legislation that we can pass you know regardless we can put rules we can we can you know limit the filibuster time we can pass you know there's certain things that a different majority leader can control when it comes to the rules for debate and i don't want to get into the you know robert's rules of order here that's not really what this podcast is but no, i don't think i disagree you 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 seem to not we are fine with any sort of nerdy topic and that we don't care about how long it'll take well, but the truth of the matter is it, we we don't have a bunch of people in the Senate that are willing to change those rules, and and Joe like literally Joe Manchin's not going to vote for any rule change in the Senate. No, probably not. Honestly, but here's the thing: I don't think Bernie Sanders is either. Like, like, like Bernie Sanders actually wouldn't come out in support of getting rid of the filibuster. And if I'm wrong, I apologize, but I believe that was his position. He wasn't willing to get rid of the filibuster either. Like, we have people who are in the Senate that are like fine with Senate procedure. Um, and that's not good because Senate procedure at this point is not very good. I think too, we can, we can also kind of prioritize on what we want. Now, again, the progressive in me and probably in, in you all as well is, is like, Oh, I want this, 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 that, you know, but you know, if we look at it kind of from a realistic standpoint, you know, one, if we win this Senate, we can get some COVID relief, COVID help, which is, is huge. Mm-hmm. We can get the voting rights act the john lewis voting rights act which Mm -hmm. absolutely needs to happen yep um and we can get um i'm sorry i'm blanking on the last um limits on presidential power which i'm sure will pass with bipartisan support yeah you know again i think some of the first hundred days has to be plugging all of the holes that have been exposed in executive power and exploitation of executive power yeah 
you know, right away because we can't we can't let this happen again with somebody who's smarter and surrounds himself with smarter, more devious people and not the the absolute morons in this administration. Like we are right. ble- like we joke Thank about goodness it. the leader of the coup is Rudy Giuliani, who literally <laughs> is melting sometimes at the times when he's trying to commit the coup. Like but you know what goodness. though, we didn't count any votes from Mars, so we really should thank Rudy Giuliani for that. Honestly you know? and like legit I don't think Trump would have won Mars. I don't think he is. I don't think his he's got Space Force, which to me seems like a a threat to Mars. It's a so, red planet, though. It's red. Come oh, on. fuck. You're right. It's red. I wonder how many I wonder how many electoral votes Mars has. I feel like that's ne- I feel like that's up next in the election strategy. Well, I don't know if we let Mars vote. And if we do, how many electoral votes do they have? We could have won this whole thing. I. I think that like the I think that the the thing that like you're absolutely right. Um, if there's someone smarter, this is a big issue. This is a huge problem. Like now we kind of go ha 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 ha, but like really, this is a fucking huge horrifying issue. And it's very very good that really dumb people are in place and our safeguards seem to have kind of held up at this point. And, and we that need we to make won sure by that... so much in the swing states. Right. Right. Like, because legitimately, you know, it's, it's not, it's not out of the realm of possibility for some of these people to kind of just go, yeah, let's throw out all the votes from this place. But in an, in another form of how Trumpism is nowhere near dead, there's no political ramification for saying, Let's throw out all the votes in the black areas. Mm-hmm. That's what the Republican Party is not. Not sorry. Let me, let me apologize. That's what some of the people in the Republican parties are saying. Are saying they're saying let's get rid of the votes in the black areas, the ones that made us lose this election. Bad things happen in Philadelphia. Bad things happen in Philadelphia. Like bad things happen in in Metro Atlanta. <laughs> like like. Bad things happen in Clark County, Nevada, <laughs> Nevada. Uh, like, I mean, so I think I think that that's why passing, you know, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act that the House has already passed and voted on. And, you know, I, I think that that's critically, critically important, you know, to protecting the, the rights of, you know, Americans to vote, which, again, I think is absolutely ridiculous that a, one of our political party strategies is not. Let's have a platform that appeals to more people than the other guy's platform. It's mm-hmm. let's make sure that a large majority of our opposition cannot vote or it's very difficult. Rand Paul is really worried about the amount of people that get to vote in Georgia. He's really <laughs> worried about it. I mean, the, I, I mean, as the we should worst be. people on earth are, are dictating policy. And that is very bad. And like, again, Rand Paul is now a sycophant for the president. The same Rand Paul that the president mocked and uh, before he became the president and Rand Paul was like, this guy's a lunatic. Like Ted Cruz, this guy's a lunatic. Now I will argue your case in front of the Supreme court. This... Yeah, it's, it's amazing how many, you know, first time invertebrate candidates we have or invertebrate, <laughs> you know, senators we have, yeah. you yeah. know, that, like I, there's just there's there's nothing in what we have seen that has shown me that the the Trump style of politics 
isn't going to continue to exist in the Republican Party. There's just nothing. No, and and you know I I, I think that if I were a Democratic strategist, I, I more so look at you know the the progressive agenda as what we should strive to instead of necessarily what needs to happen tomorrow. Um, and maybe that's because I live in a very, very purple area. Um, if you pull up, you know, where I live, the county, you know, even by the precincts, it is razor thin margins that lean slightly blue in this election. And I think lean slightly red in the last election. And Polly Bean, what's your address for people who are trying to check <laughs> the specifics of what you're doing? Um, it's a bunker somewhere. Gotcha. <laughs> in America, though. In America. It, yeah, in American, American bunker. An American bunker, everybody. He's got a voter fraud. We, we know he's an American. He has a, an American flag right now behind him uh, that seems to also have uh, Chevy Chase in a Santa hat. It's Well, it's the cardboard cutout. Um, this is the room I Zoom from when I teach, and I didn't want to have just a blank wall behind me. And right. I had an extra room, flag because that I got Room in the Raider, mail. if you didn't do it, Room Raider would just straight fucking <laughs> rail you. Oh, my goodness. I, I would be zero out of ten. You'd easily, get wrecked in easily. Room Raider. But now <laughs> that you have Chevy Chase in, he was in Christmas Vacation, question mark? Which is my favorite Christmas movie. A movie I have never seen. Um, <laughs> and is that a regular American flag behind you? Because Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. I'm just saying that because uh, Chevy Chase is at, a, at an exact spot where it looks like it might be an American flag or an American flag wearing a Santa hat. <laughs> you know what? If we decide to put Chevy Chase on the American flag, I'm really not going to you shouldn't complain. Be no, I'm sure that's what the founders wanted. I <laughs> yeah, that's probably and true. Honestly, honestly, based on who he is as a person, that's what the founders wanted. <laughs> um, before we go, we're gonna have a little quick conversation about student loan debt. Let's go. Very quick. We're not going to go too deep in it because, honestly, I didn't think we'd talk about for an hour about the other stuff we talked about, but we did. So <laughs> we're we're going to just quick do student loan debt. Um, <sighs> Joe Biden um, has said, and he had it in his, his plan uh, that he was going to potentially eliminate $10,000 worth of student loan debt. Um, progressives... Um, we were convinced that we could get him to eliminate $50,000 of student loan debt because he has the ability to do so unilaterally through executive action. Um, and he came out in an interview uh, when talking to the Washington Post uh, saying he probably wasn't going to do that. And I'm not happy about it. As someone with student loan debt, I'm not happy about it. But as someone who cares about, you know... Um, the spending power for students uh, i'm not happy about that um katrina i'll start with you uh what do you think about this new development of the fight to uh end the crippling debt that a lot of students go through well i was never expecting him to do fifty thousand because that's not who he is i know i know <laughs> but i was listen i'd be super happy with ten thousand dollars that would be great for you and me um, on a selfish level, but it's not enough for most people no. at all. No. And if he can do more, why not? Like literally, why not? 
Exactly. There's no reason not to. Mm -hmm. But it's honestly making me worried that he said, like, what he said in that interview, he was saying that it seemed dubious that Mm. he could do it through executive action, which makes me think he's going to try to do the 10,000 through legislature, which, like I've already said, nothing is getting through this legislature. Right. Like, don't. (laughs) Do not put your money on trying to get stuff through the yeah. legislature. So now I'm just really but worried that nothing is going to happen again. But he is, Joe Biden is, in, in his essence, the product of the U.S. Senate. Yeah. Like, he, thinks, sure. he sure. thinks that the U.S. Senate is where stuff gets done mm-hmm. and not where stuff goes to die. Which is crazy because he was a part of the Obama administration. <laughs> right. So. he's He was the part of the Obama administration under, um, so, so under the same... Uh, Republican leader that said, "I our our main goal is to keep Obama as a one term president." Mm-hmm. Same person. Ugh. Yeah, I'm I'm hopeful that once he sees what's like, he's got this whole unity message. He wants everybody to join together to do things. Hopefully, when he sees that that's absolutely not going to happen. He'll start doing things through executive order like this, mm-hmm. um, but I feel like it's going to take way longer than it should. Yep. And I'm also really worried because I haven't seen them say that they're going to extend the suspension of payments that happened through the CARES Act. So I I was hoping that when Betsy DeVos extended it through January, that meant we'd be able to get the Biden administration and extend it another six months or so. Yeah. And they haven't said shit. No, they haven't. Now, let's be clear, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I, I I am I am I allowing am I giving cover for the uh, for the Biden administration? Maybe um, they they still are also trying to put together a cabinet and a government and an administration to um, usher in you know yeah to start working without any help from the current administration. Right to start yes exactly to start working at the at the but at the same time like. I mean, this is a big deal. This is a very, the very, payments very, are gonna be very due big at the deal. end of January. Exactly. They'll be we, office for 10 days at that point. Exactly. We need to know we if need to we need, like, know. yeah, people have huge payments coming up. Mm-hmm. These are people that are already struggling with rent. And there's and, a pandemic right now. Exactly. So they so, can't necessarily go work everywhere they want to work. Or yeah. yeah. It's, it's just frustrating that it seems like this was an issue that they focused on during the election to get young people to vote. And it doesn't seem like it's going to be something that's really followed up on to the point it should be. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's very, it's very disappointing because it's just kind of like, it it, it is one of those things where it's like, okay, so uh, you, you, you tapped onto something to get your progressive base or, or sorry, to get progressives to, you know, go, yeah, we need to go vote for this guy. Um, and then like, seem to have forgotten about them or decided, you know, at this point don't need them. And it's like, then, then what the fuck did did we elect you for besides to get rid of Trump Mm -hmm. and like, sure. Getting rid of Trump is huge. And like, yeah, I, I think that that needed to happen. But at the same time, like I would have, if, if, if it was, if, if this is the administration we're going to get, I would have rathered someone who not only would get rid of Trump or would fight for the things that I want, i.e., I would have rathered Elizabeth or Kamala. It just seems like if this isn't something they're willing to do, what are what they, are they be willing, to do? willing to do? Right. Yeah. That's I think that's the worry I have. Yep. And and to be and to be clear, we you know, we're we're jumping on them really, really early because they're because there are things that we need at this moment. Yeah. Right? Like mm-hmm. there are things that are important 
at this very moment. And sure, they may have them in the back of their mind or whatever, but like, no, you've got to let us know right now right. because things are happening right now for us. And if you're going to say, I'm not going to be doing this, forgive, like forgiving this debt at this point, say that you're going to suspend the payments at least. Give people some some reason to some, remain calm about this, yeah. that they're not going to have hundreds of dollars some of payments clear coming due. understanding of what is going to happen. Paul, I'm going to go to you because otherwise we will just two-hand this for the rest of <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm with you. I think, you know, I, I, I didn't expect 50. I was hoping for 50. Um, I, I didn't expect it. Um, I, I think that this one, um, you know, kind of shows how important having a transition really is. Um, and, you know, having kind of your ducks in a row when you take over is, is very, very, very important. And not having a pure transition is is really, really critical especially this time during a pandemic. Um, I personally am 100% behind this. I think that this is something Biden could certainly do. I don't know the economic ramifications, um, but I think that this is something that he can do to kind of signal, look, I'm here to work you know, with the, the opposition. I'm here to work with people. But at the same time, I'm here to you know reward the people who put me in this office mm. and the people that put you in this office are not people that have their student you know for the most part that you know have their student debt paid off that have no debt whatsoever are doing just fine during the pandemic you know mm. I, I think that that's a very small percentage and i think that the voices that are being magnified that are against this are people that are not exactly empathetic to, to students that are or former students that are still paying off debt yeah. and that when it comes due, they're going to have to make a very difficult choice. You know, I think that it's very, very wrong of a lot of our politicians, particularly on the right. But even in this situation, not looking at the, the real life implications of there's going to be a due date that, it, you know, is going to come along. And if you don't make your payment by that due date, your life is going to dramatically change for the worse. And I, I would love for, for Biden to kind of recognize that yeah. and say, here are the bones that I'm going to throw you to make sure that that doesn't happen. Because and, Trump has already showed he doesn't care. And we, McConnell doesn't care. We, Be the guy that cares. We talked, Be the guy that cares. We talked a little bit in the in the group chat today, actually, about, uh, about this um, specific issue. And one of the things that one of the people in the group chat, I believe this is – Franklin Delano, Franklin Delano Roosevelt pointed out is getting rid of student loan debt through bankruptcy is the hardest fucking thing mm -hmm. to do, whereas corporations are able to get rid of their debt through bankruptcy so easily. Student right? loan debt is one of the things that will continue even if you die. Yep. Yeah. Goes to the your family to have to mm -hmm. take care of. Mm -hmm. you know? it, it, it is a it is a it is a hellish process to actually get rid of through bankruptcy. It is a hellish process to actually try to get rid of at all. And these these horrible uh, these horrible uh, debt collectors on 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 student loan debt will follow you to your grave. Like like it is it is wild how terrible they are. And it would be great if we had an administration that understands and thought about the fact that truly uh, we were sold a like college was sold to kids who don't understand. Like at the time, didn't really get to understand the, the, the uh, thought process behind getting so much debt. Right. Like. We were told that college was the only option because it's the only way that you can continue to exist. And that was 
sold to us by people who back then were able to go to college and pay that college off and still be able to buy a house, right? The 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 rising cost of college, the stagnant wages that continued, it, it wasn't the same for every generation. So now you have a group of people who were sold that college is mandatory if you want to have a good existence. And also you have to rent forever because you can't purchase a home because it's incredibly expensive to purchase a home. And the debt, the co- the college debt that you have, uh, not only, you know, it, it, it triples <laughs> by the time that you have the ability to potentially pay anything off. It continuously goes up. It's exponentially growing. Mm-hmm. Like, the I I would like for this administration and this specific administration's education department to understand what people are going through, what younger people are going through in terms of college debt. And at this moment in the potential for a Biden uh, administration, it is not clear that the Biden administration understands this. And it's, it's... and I and I and I for someone who uh, I may be I may you know see like seem like I give Biden a bunch of credit or or give Biden a bunch of passes which I don't think I necessarily do. This is something that he really needs to deliver on. Um, otherwise, it is shown how like kind of fucked up and old school he really is. I actually saw an interesting, believe it or not. Please don't get mad at me for this one but i actually saw an interesting tiktok about this God the other damn it. day here we go all right here we go and <laughs> um, here we go with the tiktok play it play it no good god god um no it, it was basically talking about how you know our leadership you know the age of our leadership really is not a government that does young people and particularly young minorities any any justice right That's there's true. really no representation you know we outlawed segregation in schools in 1954, 55. There are a lot of congressional leaders that are well above the age of you were in school. I then. did see that too. Yeah. So, you saw the same TikTok? It was linked on Twitter. Yeah. Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the point being is we have people that were educated in segregated schools running yeah. this country. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We have people that, you know, grew up in the 60s, 70s, 80s. You know, you know my dad, who's incredibly liberal, you know, is somebody that was able to basically pay his way through college, mm-hmm. through savings, a little bit of help from his his parents who were not wealthy by any stretch of the imagination, and then pay off his debt by getting a job right out of school in a, in a field that he didn't even major in, okay? So when we have people that have that preconceived notion of, you know, what it's like, they're not going to understand what it's now current the current situation for students that i would say anybody under 35 is now understanding this is one of the things that i tell my students about all the time where i'm like look when you're choosing where to go to school please look at the cost you know and again i'm a proud bloomsburg alum so i always try to push them you know into into your neck of the woods up there but uh you know i always tell them look i was able to pay off my debt very quickly you know because i went to a school that was cheap and my parents saved Now, not everybody's parents can save, but, you know, state schools, community colleges, those are things that you really need to consider Mm -hmm. because you're going to some of these private schools that are 80,000 a year. 
you know, you're not quite understanding the type of debt that you're going to incur and you don't have a government that's there to help you, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the Biden administration really has to kind of look at this and say, this is a massive problem. I mean, this is something that is going to be a threat to our national security if we're not careful, Mm. you know, a threat to our economic security. I want to see more. I want Mm. to see at least the recognition of that. Again, he's not in yet, so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt up until, you know, January, but literally inauguration day i'm gonna start losing my shit on him but (laughs) i and and to be clear i'm currently i don't believe right now at this very moment that the biden administration is going to do shit for students and i really hope i'm wrong but katrina hang on let me let me be clear i've I've had some drinks so i'm mad right now (laughs) um so so maybe when i'm maybe when i've uh cooled down sobered up um, they, I will see this with in, through a different light, but truly, I just, it's very hard to believe that the same generation that, like, had the, the most ability to go to school and pay for it, it is hard for me to believe that they understand the plight of people who have, who are told that the, their only option is to go to school and they can't pay for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, making people get into that t- kind of debt for sometimes the entirety of their life. At their at that age, they have to make that decision. They're told that they have to make that decision. It it is dumbfounding, and like like I I think that like that's that's part of the reason why like we sh- community college and state schools should be free. They should be free. Even, even though the Pennsylvania state government is working to do the exact opposite, but that's a, another topic for another podcast. Pashy, baby. Pashy's great. <laughs> Go ahead, Katrina. I just, like, I, I was a good student in high school. I was absolutely pressured Brad. to go to a private school. Like, the fact that I ended up choosing to go to Bloomsburg, I think, was... I was dissuaded from by the environment I was in. Like I got scholarships to private schools. I had those options, but I still would have tons, tons of debt would have been accrued. I I got a scholarship to Bloomsburg too, but I still came out of it with like 40 grand in public loans. And um, I think around 16 grand in private loans. Like, and, and it's so we're still working to pay that off. And I'm in, like, I feel like I'm in a really privileged position that Terrain and I both got jobs with state government that we're eventually going to get loan forgiveness, even though it question feels mark, like it's taking question forever. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Exactly. legit, one, there could be a government that comes in, there could be a leader that comes in and gets rid of that policy. Right. Uh, so we're kind and of and people who've applied for it throughout the Trump administration, like didn't I, get it. A small percentage get approved. So it's like it's a scary thing, but I know that we're in like a better position than most people. I cannot even imagine if I would have gone to one of these private schools, accrued that debt with an English degree, which was my original <laughs> plan. <laughs> how how on earth would I ever have been able to pay? Like I don't. So many kids go into this being, like, told that this is the thing you need to do, and you need to do it in a certain way. Like, community college was sold to me as what the dumb kids do. As a failure. Exactly. 
That would have saved so much money. Like trade schools, community college is is always sold as the lower level option mm-hmm. and pro- like the the most expensive options are show are are sold as the Those, best the, options. They're the that was like it wasn't about what your future was going to be. It wasn't about the debt. It wasn't about like an achievement Mm -hmm. like that was what i viewed it as at that stage because i was a child (laughs) having to make a hundred thousand dollar decision like it's crazy it's absolutely insane thankfully a lot of landlords take the tempest as rent um (laughs) (laughs) i i want to close it on this i think that i think that there are so many um there are so many specifics that we have to deal with now that I feel as though our leadership in government does not understand Mm-mm. and needs to move out of the way and allow people who actually understand it to run that, that leadership. I like, think unfortunately what you just said, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I think what, unfortunately what you just said gives some people the justification to vote for, someone who is perceived as knowing what they're doing Mm -hmm. to come in and upset the established order. Donald Trump, you know, again, (laughs) wait, you think I just made a Trump argument? No, I I think that you made an argument that can be misconstrued to include somebody like that based on a false narrative. I agree. But at the same time, I think that, I think that, uh, people need to be able to say like i i think that for example i think nancy pelosi is one of the most impactful and effective speakers of the house this country has ever seen i also think that she is out of touch with where we are at this specific moment in time and she shouldn't have that gavel anymore I think that Nancy Pelosi is, I think Nancy Pelosi throughout um, the history was able to bring us to a better America, but I think she has brought us as far as she can, and it's time for others to bring us further. I would agree. I would agree. I, I, I will give her the benefit of the doubt in that I think that her job is incredibly difficult. Agreed. You know, Agreed. and the same, the same to McConnell to an extent. I really do, you know, I, I think what? that keeping together a caucus is hard. It's much easier when your caucus says, I just don't want to do anything. My man, but it's, we're not it's giving hard. credit to McConnell on this podcast. <laughs> I, I, I will, like, love you to death. I'll throw you off this podcast. That's not what we do. <laughs> no, I hate his guts. But, um, you know, the, the point the point of the matter is I think that she's in a very, very tough spot mm-hmm. where, you know, it, to get anything done, and again, this is a bigger conversation on our system of, of government, but I think that to get anything done, you have to give a little to get a little, but also at the same time, you don't want to be a pushover, but also at the same time, you have to please one end of your caucus. And I, I do think that we do need a replacement in leadership. Mm-hmm. But having said that, I do recognize the difficulty of, of that job. Agreed. Agreed. But I underline it at we need a replacement in leadership on the Democratic side. I think that our leaders are are older and don't necessarily understand the modern problems of the day. And uh, I think that that is detrimental 
uh, for Democrats going forward because Republicans make, can make the same argument that they've made for a long time, like mm-hmm. since they've become the, you know, since they switched from being Dixiecrats, right? Like <laughs> since they were, since they were the, are the party of, you know, regressivism, they get to make that argument over and over again, and it's timeless. Un- Democrats actually though, some of the some of the blame for that, I think, though, does kind of fall onto us as as voters, and and not anybody here. Oh, voters! But... Oh, if you think I'm not blaming voters, <laughs> oh, go ahead. No, I'm I'm not. <laughs> I, but again, this is what I the argument that I I tell my students all the time when I encourage them to vote. And again, I'm not. I don't ever tell them who to vote for. But if you want a government that looks like you, you need to vote, and you need to vote in every single election. Yeah. You know, top to bottom, and millennials and Gen Zers. You know, the under 35 crowd, we don't do a good enough job of voting. Agreed. And the old people, boomers do. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and that is reflective in leadership. And, and boomers for, for Democrats as well, that is reflective in leadership. If we elect more people that are the under 35 crowd that kind of know what it's like to, to be in our situations, I think then we get more of a government that is an advocate for us. I agree. But again that, that's not what we have and we kind of have to play under the constraints and play you know under the rules of somebody else i think that's i think that's an important place to katrin do you have anything else to go with please say it out loud no okay you you can't shake your head on a podcast no one knows what that is uh no i, I think i'm i think i think that's a good place to leave it because the sheer fact of the matter is um you know there are there are so many like um young progressives that need to take the reins and and like i'm literally not kidding i think ayanna presley is the future of the democratic party Uh, that is where i'm at i i think that i i'm i am ready to follow her into the depths and i'm 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 incredibly ready for it but the, the problem is like we need to as a party like we we definitely have a messaging problem where we have to uh deal with the other side whose messaging is so easy which is oh well they're going to allow this that and the other thing to happen so like we we have to be better right we have to be better we have to be clear and we have to actually fight for what we want to fight for so we have to have younger leadership that understands the modern problems and is prepared to have that fight and to have that debate and i'm not sure that our leaders are in in this current moment ready to have that yeah i I think that the the issue is we have one party saying there's going to be it's going to be a communist socialist dystopia where you know (laughs) black people are going to be murdering and looting and and doing this and the democratic response is oh no it's not like (laughs) like we need something we need we need like a no, it's not because here's what it's going to be and list all of these things that even in polling show the majority of Americans, even yeah. in red areas, support. Like, but the problem is like the the problem with that. I know I said like we're going to end it here like twice. I'm going to get hang on. Uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt is going to fucking rail me for this because I've said it twice and he he really gets on you when you say that and continue talking for 15 minutes but the like the truth of the matter is like yeah we i forgot what i was going to fucking say <laughs> the sign <laughs> like i i don't know it's it's i don't know no i'm not going to i'm just going to end it <laughs>
<laughs> I'm gonna end it. Um, Polly Beans, thank you for joining us this week. I really Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate, appreciate you have and and truly like I hope that this wasn't like uh like I I when I when I did this I'm like this is gonna be a good conversation um because. Uh, you know, like we we are we are different in in this this line of thinking, but I think overall, though maybe one of us isn't as far um, um, as the other one, we both want to get to the same ish place, mm-hmm. um, and and it it was very civil and nice. I like the way it should be. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Um, thank you for joining and, and how, uh, tell us about, before we go, tell us about, tell us about trust the pod. Um, when does it come out? What are the days? Um, when's your next one and who's going to win the bachelor? At? Well, so first of all, bachelor, it's over. Unfortunately, um, we'll wait, who won? Who won? Oh, it was Zach, but I, I'll save my opinion for the pod. I don't want to, you know, Zach. wow. I didn't even I remember know, hearing was, his name very often. I was very much Team Ivan, so it, and she, Tasha did him so dirty. But again, for the pod, um, we come out with episodes usually Wednesdays. Although with the holiday this week, it was it was kind of hard to get together. So we'll probably have one over the over the holidays, um, and then we probably won't reconvene until the new year um, when new season of Bachelor starts on January fourth. Um, God. I thought I would get. I thought I would get just the smallest break. I thought it w- I was gonna just get. Like, here's the pro- here's the thing, and I'm I'm gonna. <laughs> I legit, though I like wish I had more friends who cared about Mavericks basketball. I understand that you guys talk about basketball, and I'm like, cool. I like basketball, even if it's just Sixers basketball. I'll deal with it, or or just sports in general. I'm like, I'll deal with it. But god damn it, it's always oh man. Okay. Well, that was our friend Rob who decided, hey, let's watch this, and then we got hooked, you know, so ah, I'm yeah. Alright, cool. I'll get on him. I'll take my I'll take all of it out of him. <laughs> uh but you can catch that podcast. It's called Trust the Pod. You can find it on uh, honestly everywhere you get podcasts because it's on Anchor. Um, you can find it everywhere you get podcasts. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, Katrina, thank you for being here. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> um, real quick, Katrina, favorite gummy bear flavor? Go. Oh, I loved the pineapple. It's so good. My my parents live in North Carolina, and apparently there's like a gourmet gummy bear stand, and they keep sending us packs of them, and they're so damn good. It's the yes. best gummy bears I've ever had in my life. Yes. And if my mother-in-law is listening, um, please, uh, for the love of God, send me more grape gummy bears. <laughs> I loved them. They are delicious. They are the best thing I've ever had. Um, and so, so about gummy bears, you know, if you soak those things in a oh, I oh we've done it, we've done we've it, we've done it, we've done it. <laughs> Not <laughs> with these. These are too good. For no, it. these are too you good. You gotta use these the cheap pure. ones. Yeah, yeah. In fact, didn't we didn't we purchase like a a like. 20 pound, not 20 pound, but like a, a heavy, long gummy worm that we just put into vodka. I don't think we soaked the big gummy worm in vodka. We just ate the big gummy worm. I remember cutting off slices of it because it was like three feet long. We put the smaller ones in yeah. for Halloween yeah. parties. Yeah. It's delicious. It's delicious. Awesome. Yes. But 
legit. Looking forward to another time when we can all just dig our hands into a bowl of <laughs> soaked vodka gummy worms. Isn't that crazy that we're in a time where it's like, that sounds incredibly dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> but yet I'm longing for it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I just want to share a, a bucket of popcorn with another person. Um, Polly, thank you for being here. Um, we will see you I, possibly next week for our final episode of the year. It is going to be literally just Katrina and I talking about our New Year's resolutions politically. <laughs> I know nothing about this. Polly's face. <laughs> I was like, I don't think so. Thank you all for listening. We will see you. We will see you next week. And cheers. Cheers.